It's Friday night, and though I'm a little bit late, you know what time it is. It's time for the Logic and Larry podcast with yours truly, your host, Larry Luciato Crane, broadcasting to you live from Newark, New Jersey, on this warm, beautiful night, which was which is following, anyway, a beautiful day. We hope you all enjoyed this beautiful Friday and had a little bit of time in the sun, a little bit of time out there chilling. And I'm glad to be with you. Now, everything I say on this podcast is my personal opinion as a private citizen, simply Larry's opinion as a private citizen expressing my private and personal views. Nothing I say on this podcast in any way reflects the views of any other party or any other entity. Now, I'm fresh back off a Facebook jail sentence. I was banned for 24 hours for using a two-word phrase, which I can only describe to you for fear of getting banned again. As uh, Caucasian refuse. Caucasian refuse, we will call it. It was another iteration of that phrase which got me banned. I'm not quite sure why it's such an offensive term. After all, it's used quite frequently in our common lexicon, is it not? All that being said, the moon is about uh, half, and I can see it. A little bit over the Gateway Center. I'm looking out at the Prudential Center. I can see Midtown Manhattan from here. The Empire State Building is just regular white lights. The Freedom Tower is aglow as usual. And I'm broadcasting to you from the infamous Hallmark House. Now, COVID is raging across the country still. We had another day of 100,000 Another day of 100,000 new cases of COVID-19. And it's kind of buried in the election talk, obviously, as we all know. And it it doesn't mean that the media is going to pivot or that we're going to pivot as a society off of COVID-19 and on to, you know, other things because the election's over, as some Trump supporters might have you think. But it does show. I just want you to reflect on this week. I want you to just think to yourself, because we're all about logic. We're all about uh, intellectual expansion on this show. I want you to reflect upon the fact that if you think about it, you haven't thought about COVID at all this week, have you? Your mind's completely been on the election, not COVID. That's said, right? But it's partly human nature and it's partly does show you. Just, just reflect upon it for future reference. The fact that media does drive narrative, right? Media does drive narrative. So because the media has shifted its focus from COVID-19 to the election, you yourself have probably somewhat shifted your focus from COVID to the election, which is just an interesting thing that happens. Now, to move on to what's on everybody's actual mind, not to talk about things no one cares about, let's talk about what what we're all here to talk about. Fact is... We are on, what is this, uh, the third day of the election in this country? They are still counting votes in Pennsylvania. 
They are still counting votes in Arizona. They are still actually they're probably counting votes across the country. And what many don't know is that they generally this is something that happens every election, right? News and media outlets call certain states for certain people based on mathematical impossibility. Once a certain candidate hits a certain threshold, the media outlet will call the race one way or the other. And that's what we're used to seeing in these elections. We're used to seeing them call the race one way or the other very quickly. And so that's why we usually get instant gratification on election night. The truth is they usually, the states themselves aren't officially finished counting votes until much later. And when the certification is handed down weeks later and then the electoral college members actually cast their votes, it's much later. So what we're getting is an inside look at what actually happens every election. What things that we're just not privy to. We're not used to seeing this actually play out over this many days. Now, there's two reasons for that in this case. Number one, this is a close election, so we need to wait a little longer to make sure every vote is tabulated. Number two, Donald Trump is throwing a temper tantrum and a hissy fit, and so I sense that some outlets are hesitant to call certain states until all the votes are counted for a twofold reason, right? One side is to appease Trump to some level and try to show him that we're doing everything correctly and just counting votes as a democratic society would do. And on the other hand, we are trying to, you know, get with Biden's narrative, which he's rightfully putting out, that, look, we're just counting every vote. There's nothing uh, off happening here. There's no fraud happening here. We are simply counting votes. So, you know, you have those two reasons why they're not calling states. Now, I'm, look, I'm looking at the numbers, right? I'm looking at Pennsylvania, you know, specifically. To me, Pennsylvania should be called already. Pennsylvania, on any normal election night, in any normal election, Pennsylvania would have already been officially called by every major news outlet for Joe Biden. Pennsylvania, the way the math is going, guys, that's going to Joe Biden, period. Okay? Nevada, Nevada, that should also be called for Joe Biden. There doesn't seem to be much of a reason why Nevada is not going to go to Joe Biden. Now, Arizona is getting closer, but Arizona was called by Fox News on election night, and Arizona was also called by the Associated Press on election night, and it should have been, and it is. It remains called, at least on the Associated Press, but CNN and MSNBC want to play games. And what they're doing, and it's kind of annoying, they're kind of placating Trump, I see. Because every time a vote total comes in, they say, well, it is narrowing in Arizona, and they keep counting. we got to count the votes. We're going to count every vote. It's narrowing. It's We don't know. It's not. The math doesn't look good for Trump, the way the votes are coming in in Arizona, the way the, the percentages are coming in. And our listener, Rick from Phoenix, which you all know, I'm sure can appreciate this since he's in Arizona right now, and he told us that Arizona would d- turn blue and that Arizona would go for Biden. And he's like, look, just give me a couple more days. It's going to stick with Biden. I think he's right. The math doesn't look good for Trump anywhere you look. But because Trump apparently threw a temper tantrum when Fox News called Arizona, and because it's so close, and because Trump's out here alleging fraud and all these other nonsensical things, these networks are ridiculously hesitant to call a state. So they're waiting. They might wait until every vote is actually counted, okay? 
that's my that might be where we're at. I hope it doesn't set a precedent for future elections because we're going to be waiting for a week to get the results of these elections if this is how things go. Hopefully that's not what happens. I have a bottle of champagne in the kitchen right now that I haven't popped the cork on in three days because every day I get up and I think today's the day and then it goes hours and then hours and then hours and I still don't have the results. And you you see Nevada. Nevada doesn't even care. Right? They're like, Nevada, when are you going to get these? They're like, well, look, we gave you 10000 today. We'll give you 10000 tomorrow. I don't know what you want from us. It's the West. We're very slow out here. I'll give you 10000 next Monday. They don't care, okay? That's why these news outlets, they got to look at the math. They got to make these calls. I know they don't want to because Trump is, you know, has them on their heels. They got to make the calls. Biden today had a speech scheduled. And I believe he's still going to speak, but the context is going to be much different. Biden had a speech scheduled today. And what he did was he I think he backpedaled. I think he expected that the news networks would call Pennsylvania for him. And they haven't done that yet. So and Wayne points out it's true. They just keep saying we're waiting for mathematical impossibility. Look, I suck at math. I'm not a math guy. I'm a lawyer. All right. I'm a verbal guy. I'm a linguist, you might say. Okay, And even I can see that the math doesn't look good for Trump. Even I can see that it looks about over for Trump. But they're not calling it. I get it. They're trying to wait till the votes are tabulated. Fine. But that's where we are. We're waiting this long, drawn-out process. And I've talked to some people who said they relish in this, right? They love that this is happening so slow and painfully because they want to see Trump go down. You know, they want to see Trump go down in pain and they like that it's slow. I don't. I want it over with. I want to go to bed and just relax and chill out and pop that cork and just give, you know, say this is over for once. This four year nightmare for this country is over. That's what I want to do. Okay. And Andrew points out 100,000 votes left in PA. Yeah, we know. There's 100,000. It's probably maybe 70,000 after the latest from Allegheny County came in regarding the mail in ballots. They're going exponentially high for Biden. So he's going to continue to build on his lead. He's probably going to get up to about forty to 50,000 vote lead by the time those provisional ballots even come in. Those provisional ballots tend to skew Democratic anyway. And also, it stands to reason that if there's 100,000 provisional ballots statewide, that a large percentage of those provisional ballots, just by the way things work, are going to be coming from you know, populous areas which tend to be Democratic strongholds. So if Biden builds up a lead substantially, anywhere from 40 to 50,000 votes, and then you have 100 provisional ballots, many of which are going to be derived from Democratic-leading counties, especially the bulk of those provisional ballots, I, I doubt it's evenly dispersed. It's just not how things work. It's not as if they have 100,000 provisional ballots and they're equally dispersed across the entire state of Pennsylvania. It's more likely that there's 100,000 provisional votes and the proportionality of those votes is actually proportional to the population centers in the state which would mean that a larger proportion of ballots is coming from Philadelphia and Pittsburgh than other areas, which in turn would indicate that even if there are 100,000 provisional ballots and even if those ballots are not going the same percentage to Biden as these mail-in ballots, that it's still an impossible, insurmountable amount for Trump to make up. I think the writing's on the wall. They can say all they want that they're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, but the truth is we pretty much know who's going to in the election is Joe Biden. We're just waiting on the official results because we have a petulant child in the White House. Now, on that note, I've been smooth, right? 
I've got Steely Dan playing behind me. I've been relaxing. Let's let's talk some real. Let's talk here, right? Let's stop just relaxing. Let's just call a spade a spade, right? Did you see? Did you see Trump the other night get on get in front of the camera and and spew his filthy nonsense to the country? Most networks pulled away from it because it was so disgusting. Fox and CNN stayed on it. He basically said that the people who had voted for him were legitimate voters. And that anybody who voted after that was an illegitimate voter who was trying to stage a farce and steal the election. Essentially, any student of human history... Look, here's my thing. Here's my thing, right? Here's what I find interesting about human beings. We currently have, we live in this bubble, right? And it's similar to when COVID hit. When COVID hit, there was this huge group of people who claimed that it must have been a conspiracy because how could something so astronomically harmful happen to us? It's because people live in this bubble, right? Where they think, well, this is 2020 United States, which kind of a funny thing to say right now, but... This is the United States in, in modern times. Therefore, we are not a threat from a pandemic. We are not a threat from a fascist dictator. We're not a threat from a coup d'etat. We're not a threat for anything like that. However, anybody who wasn't living in a bubble and actually had some abstract objective understanding of human history or world history or societal history would know clearly that every time a successful society has been built up in human history, it has always been susceptible to the whims of a dictator. It has always, time and time again, eventually fallen victim to a tyrant. Eventually, some tyrant has tried to usurp the sanctity of an election, has tried to commandeer the system, has tried to undermine the freedom of that republic. It's always happened throughout human history. So it's not surprising what Trump is doing. Those of us who knew who Donald Trump was, those of us who are students of history, those of us who understand human history, those of us who know what we're talking about, long warned the others of the fact that Trump displayed tendencies of a fascist. And what he's doing right now, this has not happened, this is unprecedented. What he's doing right now, by going out there and saying, I'm losing, but I will not concede. I'm losing, but I'll try everything in my power to try to overturn the election. I'm losing, but everybody voting is illegitimate is disgusting and you cannot be a patriot you cannot be a lover of freedom you cannot be a free-thinking american who loves this country who adheres to the constitution and still represent donald j trump you can't do it and you can't give him excuses and still come to me and act like i'm gonna have some kind of respect for you because i'm not period I don't care how long I've known you. If that's how you feel, then we ain't down on that level, bro. Period. Period. This is disgusting. And you know what bothers me more is you got Fox News, which you can be a little bit right slanted, but the way they're going about it, 
they are just being a mouthpiece, especially Hannity and those other scumbags, Tucker Carlson. Again, Caucasian refuse here. They are angry that the country is leaving them behind. Right? The fact of the matter here is that the urban centers in this country, the predominantly urban areas, metropolitan areas of this country, which are predominantly comprised of diverse arrays of people. They are not the bland pace that is the rest of this country that consists of only one race and only one, you know, group of people. This is sophisticated urban centers that are deciding the fate of the country as they should. And many people feel left behind and they feel as if the country's being stolen from them right but the country's not being stolen from them the country was designed at its inception to allow for societal growth and evolution and that is exactly what's taking place in america on a slow scale but it is happening incrementally they are upset about it and the fact is when they say that it's being stolen when votes are coming from Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Detroit, what they are really saying is the people of color, the minorities in these cities are stealing our country from us. They're stealing our election. What they are saying is racist. They are speaking from a place of racism. And that's nothing new because Trump speaks from a place of racism. Trump preys on people's primal fears regarding the other and xenophobia, which is the same exact thing that Mussolini did. It is the same exact thing that Hitler did. It's not me saying that to be way out of you know, whack. It's not me being hyperbolic. I'm saying that because that's the truth. For any student of history, you would recognize that. Now, when I saw that speech, I was so angry. I was livid. I almost I screamed at myself in my apartment because it's so disgusting. It's so anti-American. And I can't believe that Fox is acting as a private propaganda machine. And then these people on CNN and MSNBC, they're trying to look like they're being balanced like we're counting we're counting we're not going to call anything but in reality somewhat they're somewhat placating this guy they're somewhat playing to this guy they're somewhat giving him what he wants they continue to acquiesce and act like his claims have some merit and some legitimacy and i've had enough of it it's been four years of this nonsense it's been four years of this existential threat to american democracy and it's finally coming to a slow and agonizing end And yet, so many people still cannot see it for what it is and still cannot call a spade a spade and still cannot call it fascism. Now, that being said, let me say this. There have been several people who did in fact vote for Donald Trump who have come out to me personally and on Facebook and other mediums who have come out and they have said, they have said, look, I voted for the guy, but it's over now. It is what it is. Just let it go. And those are the people I respect because at least those people understand what it is to be an American. At least those people understand and have value and place value in free elections. But there is this other group of people, this ignorant mass of people, who are regurgitating the filth and the excrement that is protruding consistently from Trump's mouth. And that really, really bothers me, right? The the most insidious part of this, the most insidious thing about this entire situation 
is the fact that this was planned by Trump, okay? This was planned by Trump, and media outlets tried to warn us. Now, my father, who's more attuned to MSNBC than I am, I'm more on CNN. He's more into that, you know, on that side. And he's told me for the last month, look, Trump has stated from the beginning of this election, probably for the last several months, he stated that the election was going to be rigged. And he claimed that the mail-in ballots were fraudulent. A, that's hilarious because then none of his people voted in the mail-in ballots, which is why it's so lopsided now, but whatever. But two, this was planned. He he knew that the election was going to be conducted primarily via mail-in ballot because of the COVID-19 crisis. So knowing that, he and his cronies in the GOP-held state legislatures, including Pennsylvania enacted laws that would not allow for the states to count mail-in ballots before election day. And in many of those states, they didn't even start counting mail-in ballots until after all the in-person ballots were already counted. Now, to everybody listening to the podcast, you're a Logic and Larry listener, so chances are you know this already. You're like, Larry, why are you telling me this? I already heard it. Well, apparently, millions of people in this country didn't get the memo. They haven't been paying attention, okay? Because he's been saying that, and he always knew that when he said that, that once the election happened and the votes were tallied, he always knew that he was going to come out and put the mail-in ballots in question because he knew, just like we all knew, that he would be in the lead early on and then he would eventually fall out of the lead as the mail-in ballots were counted. And he planned this, and he did this on purpose to try to undermine and delegitimize our free election, which is the textbook definition of a fascist. And it's insidious. But I still see people out here with memes and other things saying, how'd they find all these Democratic votes? Where'd they come from? Read a book. Read a website. Pay attention once in a while. Okay? And maybe you'll know. Now, I'm getting to a point where I don't even have patience for people who don't understand these things anymore. I used to tolerate them. At this point, it's so egregious what's going on and it's so threatening to our country that I don't even think I could rock with them on any level anymore. I don't think I could even be friends with them. You know, I I can't tolerate it anymore. You can't make excuses for this and still call yourself somebody who has anywhere near the same values as me. And, And it's getting out of hand. So this ongoing process continues and it's doing a lot of damage to our country, but hopefully we will persevere. Hopefully we will get through it. Now, Sean's not on the show this week. We're going to have Sean on next week. He was exhausted. I'm exhausted with the election. Quite frankly, the election's not over yet. So I don't want to have him in to do like a post-mortem polling analysis or electoral analysis until we kind of have everything settled. But it looks like that the polling wasn't really off here, right? In the sense that You had, I think a lot of people are missing that Biden has garnered, he has more votes total, Biden, right now. Joe Biden has more votes total than any other candidate in in presidential history in this country. He has more raw votes than Barack Obama got. And Barack Obama was shattering records, okay? There was this narrative that Biden had no enthusiasm. And the polls kept showing that Biden was so far ahead based on likely voter models and based on registered voter uh, models. 
but yet the race is razor thin. It's a hair thin. Well, people are saying the polls were so wrong. Well, they were wrong to some extent, but they weren't wrong in the same way that I think a lot of people are assuming. The fact is the polls did actually predict this Biden surge in voting because he's got the most votes in presidential history. What the polls apparently didn't predict, and I think this probably comes from their modeling of likely voters, is they didn't predict that this huge surge would also come from the Trump people. Now, the Trump people kept telling us that they were churning out these masses of people who hadn't even voted ever before in their life, but were going to vote for Trump. And most people, I don't think, really believed them. But yet, when you look at these raw numbers, it appears to be true. And I think what happened was most of the voting public in this country who normally do cast ballots, some of them set out last election, some of them voted for third party, some of them voted for Trump to say, what the hell, I don't like Hillary, I want to take a chance on this guy. Almost all, I don't mean, I don't mean fully 100%, but a lot of the voting public that normally votes in elections did come out and vote for Joe Biden in a large majority, okay? If this was a normal election with normal turnout, the normal electorate, the normal people that usually vote, and certain people switched from Trump to Biden, certain people switched from third party to Biden, independents favored Biden, et cetera, et cetera. Biden held a better Democrat uh, majority than Trump held a Republican majority, et cetera, et cetera. I think it would have been a blowout. But because all of these other people came out of nowhere, we have a close, close, close election. And it's, it's fascinating and sad and, and disgraceful all at the same time that there are these masses of people, these masses of people across this country, nearly 70 million people across this country who vehemently support Donald Trump. They are so motivated by their visceral feelings about being left behind, by their visceral feelings about not liking metropolitan America, not liking the elite, not liking the aristocracy, that they would go to this length to keep basically a tyrant in power. And that's both fascinating and terrifying. And I think that's what happened. I really think that's what happened in this election. And it continues to go on, but it's crazy. You see people in the street right now who are using their First Amendment rights to protest the election results, but usually would shout down a young man on a football field who was exercising his First Amendment rights, or would shout down people who were, you know, protesting for Black Lives Matter, but now they're using their First Amendment rights to literally protest the freedom of America and a free election, which is, it's so ironic, it's sad. But I think there's a reckoning this country has to have now because at some point, somebody's going to come along who has all the attributes of Trump but isn't as volatile and isn't as stupid. And when that person comes along, our democracy could be in real trouble because he's awoken this group of people, this huge mass of people. And they are going to be hope engaged. I think they're going to be engaged for you know the time being, for the foreseeable future. And that's scary stuff. That's scary stuff. You know? It's, it's something to really pay attention to. The other thing is, I'd like to say this. Look, from the beginning of the primaries, you'll remember, if you go all the way back to when COVID first hit, March, April, you'll recall me saying, Bernie, you got to drop out. Bernie, you got to drop out. And I had always said that Biden was the best candidate to take on Trump. I couldn't have been any more right. Couldn't have been any more correct. If you look... 
Even in states where he lost, Biden took not only every major city, basically, he also took the surrounding suburbs of every major city. Essentially, this election was literally metropolitan America, including cities and suburbs versus rural America. And there's a lot to dissect and digest within that. But that's what this election was. And I think Biden allowed for suburban America to say, look, I don't necessarily agree with everything on the far left. I don't necessarily want to pay more taxes. I'm not necessarily a huge Democratic sympathizer. However, this guy is safe. This guy is moderate enough. This guy is somebody that I can cast my vote for against Trump. And if you look at the pure surge that Trump had, and if you look at how close this election is, you have to admit that anybody, and Trump tried his best to try to cast Biden as a socialist, and it actually worked in South Florida. It worked there. So it, it can work, but it didn't work on most of America. It didn't work on suburban white America. It didn't work. Had it been a more self-identified socialist candidate, I think it might have worked better. I think these margins that we're seeing go hair thin for Biden might have gone hair thin for Trump. But I'll say this. You know, will Biden winning the election and maybe governing more from the center left, will that enable more moderate candidates to continue to take control of this country? Or now, if Trump had won, I think this that would have invigorated the far left and the far right. And I think we would have been doomed, quite frankly, one way or the other. In the current situation, I wonder if this will, you know, restore some semblance of centrism to our political culture. I don't know. But Democrats, they might win the Senate, but it's going to be tight if they do. And I don't know if they do. They didn't win a commanding majority of the House, but they kept the House. And things like that, it wasn't a blue wave, right? So I think whether we want to judge the people that voted for Trump or not, we have to acknowledge that there's massive amounts of them out there. And then there's massive amounts of those who voted for Biden that are probably centrists. And we have to kind of look at what we're doing here and, and be guided accordingly. And I think that's an important lesson to take from this. Now, one other one other little interesting tidbit is, you know, how I am so proud of it. The, the, A, the cities of America, the, the urban area. That's number one. Number two, the urban area, the, the African-American areas of the country, okay? Black America saved America. Black America saved America, and what else is new, right? Black Americans are more American than me. I haven't been here as long. I'm two generations deep. That's it. They've been here since jump, okay? And they have continually been a common thread in the history. They're the ones who have gone through every American thing there is. Protesting, First Amendment, Second Amendment, going through the courts, running for office. And look what happened. Atlanta, Georgia. You had the Union Army... And Sherman marching through the South, burning, burning the South a hundred and some odd years ago. You had them burning the South to the ground and Georgia and Atlanta and all these southern cities were these focal points of the Confederacy. And how ironic and how poetically beautiful is it that Trump, who was essentially the last gasp 
of the Confederacy in and of itself. How beautiful is it that Atlanta, Georgia, and Georgia itself rose up and turned blue and gave the Confederacy its final gut punch right there and put the Confederacy down right out of the heart of where the Confederacy was and it was black Americans. How beautiful is that? How much pride does that give you as an American to know that? That's beautiful. That I thought was beautiful. And to anybody out there, anybody out there, anybody out there who says that their vote doesn't matter, who says that, well, it's two old guys running, what what, what does it matter for me? What are they going to do for me? This shows you that your vote matters. This shows you that in the waning days of an election count, your vote counts. Your vote matters. You have serious influence over the direction of the country. Don't ever say that you participating in a civic exercise is not beneficial to you or beneficial to the country. Don't ever say that because it's not true. This shows that it is vital and it is true and it is what we need. It's beautiful. Now, I am incensed. I'm, I'm getting exhausted dealing with this and dragging this out with this election. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to turn out the right way. But that doesn't mean our work is done. There is a mass of people, and saying a mass is putting it lightly, in this country that don't want to listen to science. They believe QAnon. There's a woman who was a QAnon believer who just won a seat in the United States Congress, okay? She's... I got a house seat. A QAnon believer. We have got to figure out how we are going to stop this endless and vicious cycle of misinformation, this endless and vicious cycle of ignorant people talking to ignorant people and just begetting ignorant fact after ignorant fact, which is going to destroy us from the inside out. We got to find a way to stop it because. Like Andrew said, 70 plus million people voted for Donald Trump. And, and look, I'm not if you if you want lower taxes, if you're just scared of the left that much. I mean, I understand, I guess. I understand voting for another Republican candidate. I might even rationally understand, although I would vehemently disagree with it. If you were a xenophobic person or a person who was racist and you wanted to vote for a xenophobe, what I don't understand is that we have this crisis facing us, this COVID-19 crisis. We have these international you know, relationships. We have all these duties that a president is supposed to undertake. And we have all these people who are staunch conservatives who worked for him. And we have all this evidence looking at COVID rage across our nation and the economy crashing and all the misinformation and just the insanity. And yet people still came out in huge numbers to vote for that level of incompetence. What type of twisted, narcissistic, celebrity-obsessed culture are we? Where somebody sitting in the middle of the country says to themselves, or even in New Jersey, because there's plenty of them here, who says to themselves, I 
just want to feel smart. I just want to feel important. I just want to stick it to all those knowledgeable people who think they're better than me. I want to stick it to them so bad that I want to put the most incompetent person out there in for another four years, even if it destroys my country, even if it destroys me and my livelihood too. That is some sick, sick stuff. And that's where we seem to be as a country. And that's scary and sad at the same time. And we're going to have to do something about it. And it starts here. Starts on this podcast. Everybody who's listening live, everybody who downloads it, everybody who talks to each other. We have to continue to use logic and reason overall and to find ways to push better messaging and better information out there. We absolutely have to. It's vital, not just to America, but to humanity as a whole. This can't go on. And it is, it's astounding how many people still came out for that. How many people can't just realize basic incompetence when they see it. And I I did a little skit, you know, a couple weeks ago on Instagram about, you know, an electrician. You know, I didn't hire an electrician who knew electric. I hired an electrician who's not an electrician because he told me what I want to hear. Look. People may feel, just like when they watch a football game, they feel like they can be the coach or the GM. They think they know better than them, but they don't. People may think they know how to run a country, and so when they see somebody like Trump who knows it just as little as they do, that he'd be the ideal candidate because he's not a politician, he's not a scientist, he's not a lawyer, he's he's just like me. I got news for you. You aren't qualified to run a country. If I'm hiring somebody to do my electrical work, I'm not hiring somebody who has my level of expertise. I'm hiring somebody who has a good level of expertise in electrical work. If I'm hiring somebody to coach a football team, I'm hiring a good football coach. I'm not hiring somebody who sees it like I do. If I'm hiring a doctor, I'm hiring somebody who's good in the medical field. I'm not hiring somebody who's got my level of expertise because I don't know anything about medical procedures. We got to knock this off where we think politics is best suited for somebody just like us. That's a narcissistic, delusional viewpoint, okay? We need qualified people in jobs. The president of the United States' job is not to go out and just do stand-up comedy routines about how much the left sucks and how much elite people suck. Their job is to govern. There's a million things to do. Have you noticed that Obama went in and he came out with gray hair? Bush went in, he came out, he looked like he aged 30 years. Trump went in, he looks the same. Trump hasn't done anything. He hasn't done any work. He's been off the job. He's been sleeping on the job, tweeting on the job. And the fact that it's even this close is just mind-blowing. It's depressing. Had he won again, I would have lost complete hope for this country. I would have said this country maybe isn't even worth fighting for. Now that he, he looks like he's losing, we have some hope. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And I really hope we continue to you know, make strides and get past this because this is no joke. And it's a scary, scary time. It really is. Now, I'm exhausted. But look, at this point, I'm going to open it up for phone calls because let's let's talk about the election. You know, let's talk about what I just said. Let's talk about what's going on here. 973-536-2530. Give me a call. And let's talk about what's on your mind. First call of the day. You already know who that's going to be from. I got it right here. I'm going to put them on the air. Rick in Phoenix, Arizona. What is up, my brother? How you doing? 
God, I'm not okay. You're not okay? Why? What's wrong? Overall, with the boat, I'm great. Okay. I'm not okay. So what's wrong, Rick? Okay. I'm going to be mellow like you. Thanks for calming me down, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. We're, I got the jazz playing. This is a Friday night. We're having a mellow conversation. Remember, we're amongst friends, yeah. so... You know. Yeah, sure we are. Yeah, everything's yeah. great, man. <laughs> I like it. So, so what's up? What's what's on your mind, Rick? So this whole idea, like, um, and you posted something like this, where here in Arizona they're like, count the votes, count the votes. And then back in Pennsylvania and Georgia they're like, don't count the votes. <laughs> right, 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 yes. That makes me a little bit uptight. And I'm going to still stay mellow for now, but that makes me a little uptight. Oh, yeah, that would make anybody... I'm uptight about that, but you're, you're uptight because of the, the, the blatant intellectual inconsistency, right? I mean, the blatant hypocrisy in it is so absurdly, you know, ascertainable that the fact they're doing it with a straight face is infuriating. Is that what you're saying? You know what? Yeah, with, with all your big words and <laughs> your passion, you're going to wind me up, dude, and I'm trying to remain calm. <laughs> All right, Brett's. Brett's. Right. Yes, Brett's. Brett's right. Because the, the problem that I have is that Republicans set the entire stage for this, right? Yes, yes. They, in every possible yes. way, they have infiltrated and inundated and fornicated our election to the point where they're like, I mean, how many times did Pennsylvania say, hey, Man, you know, we got a lot of mail-in votes coming in. You should let us count those. So many times. Get them ready to be counted. And they're like, nah, nah. So many times. You can't do that. That's illegal. Right. And then, and now they're turning around and they're going, why aren't the, why aren't the votes fucking counted? Why aren't they fucking counted? <laughs> right. right. Yes. It was planned. It was planned. It's insidious. It was planned. This was planned. They yeah. wanted to delegitimize and undermine our faith in the election from the jump because they knew they were going to lose. That's true. And, and, and how do six million plus people fucking agree with that and call themselves Americans and support the Constitution and rule of law and law and order president? I, I mean, oh, okay. Right. I'm okay. Right. No, I'm you're okay. okay. But I agree with you. It's going to be a little passion. I agree. How can you be... It's infuriating to any knowledgeable person, Rick, I think, that, you know, the people who claim to be the most patriotic, who say that they're the patriots, that everybody else doesn't know what they're talking about because they're so patriotic, are the ones yeah. who are doing the least patriotic actions by undermining a free election. Yeah. It, this is the it's insane. Man. Yes. It's, it, that is what patriotism is based on, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's exactly. It's not based on, like, oh, I think everything's great. It's not based on military, America, fuck yeah. It's based right. on the Constitution. Right, exactly. That's and the, con the Constitution lays it out perfectly. I, I, I mean, for as much as a uh, document that's 200-plus years old can do. Exactly, and right. for these fucks to come in and set up the parameters... I mean, Trump did this in 2016. He's like, oh, it's rigged. Oh, yes. Lose. Yes. And then it wasn't rigged anymore when he didn't lose. Right. But, but, but you don't see, you didn't see in 2016, you didn't see Hillary go after Wisconsin and go, oh, only 20,000 votes? We need to fucking recap. Exactly. Oh, no, that's rigged. That's rigged. I, even this year, 
in Florida, and I had to do the research, and I, I was surprisingly, and fortunately to myself, wrong. I thought Florida had never been won by such a wide margin. But right. That's not true. Right. Bush won it by that big of a margin against, uh, what's his name, the Heinz guy. Oh, who? Um, uh, Kerry. The, Kerry. The Swift boat. Yeah, Kerry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who, who they screwed over also mm-hmm. in our very wonderful patriotic <laughs> way. Right. right. The, oh, he was never in Vietnam. Although, here's 40 pictures of him. Uh-huh. That was, that was such a, that, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. I don't want to go back to it, but I remember it. Yeah. Yep. That was wild. I was about your age then, I think. Yes. <laughs> and I was, I was, well, I was, that was the first election I voted in. Right. So. So so this whole this whole setup this whole dialogue this whole uh, people in Arizona down at the poll counting or the vote counting station with guns including one of our representatives. Really. Right. Really. Yeah. Just yeah. Hang on. Hang on. I gotta hang on. I gotta check something here. Because you know my wife works right down there. Who was the representative that was out? Gosar. Really? Say the name again? Yes, he was Gosar. Gosar. I've heard of that name. He, he was out there in the parking lot. Are you serious? <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was saying, are you serious? What the, what the hell? Oh, I, I'm dead serious. And that's what I'm saying. Trump went and blew a, a dog whistle yesterday. See how it calmed down there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, very good. And did you see that thing where the guy or guys in that Hummer were going to show up in Pennsylvania? Yes, yes, I did see that, yes. And think about that, Rick. People, for those who don't know, they they caught and thwarted an attempt in Philadelphia. People were going to attack the convention center where they were counting the votes in Philadelphia. Think about that, Rick. To to stop the count. Yes, people were actively trying to use force to stop an election. That is textbook tyranny textbook fascism what 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 am, what am i missing here i mean what is... i got i got some mf on facebook today mm-hmm. saying this is no different than the way hillary was in 2016 <laughs> I, I i almost got kicked off facebook i'm pretty sure right i wonder who's reporting me by the way because i think you got to report it somebody must have reported me for saying that but whatever yeah yeah it was a, it was a tip i mean and, and fortunately there was somebody out there who has some vestige of actual American patriotism is in, in them and they went yeah this ain't right I gotta call the police right thank god right imagine Bob, if they had attacked these poll workers yeah. how horrible is that how disgusting Bob and Bob is that are gonna go shoot up the civic center in Philadelphia I thought you should know oh my <laughs> god yeah how crazy is that though really really it's disgusting and there is nothing nothing in 2016 that compares with that there was no lawsuits, there was no recount, there was right. no violence, there was no nothing from the left. Right. And all these people that keep making this false equivalency, I, I, I had a buddy, like a good buddy, mm-hmm. the other day say, well, you know, I voted for Joe Jorgensen, who I'm surprised has gotten over a million votes. Oh my God. Nobody knowing who the <laughs> right. really is. Right, right, right? yes. And, and my buddy's like, well, I voted for Joe Jorgensen, so, you know, I can't be held responsible for this. <laughs> and the best I could muster and mm-hmm. maintain my status on Facebook so I can hear this wonderful podcast <laughs> right. was, then you can't complain either. Mm-hmm. 
Great point. Great point. This guy is... Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to go into it, but he works for a predominant, predominant company, tech company mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in this country. And he's like, great, Biden's going to get elected. I'm going to get laid off again. What does that even... What does that even mean? Like, really? Like... This fear, yeah, sowing of fear. It's going to drop so significantly with Biden that Intel's going to have to lay people off. And I'm like, the amount that Biden is talking about raising the corporate tax rate right. is less than Intel lost in profits last year just by business being business. Right. Were you laid off then? Right. Exactly. So Dude. This feeds into the whole idea that. So it's 1930s in Germany, right? Yes, and yes. And people are like, well, yeah, I don't like what Hitler's saying, you know, about the Jews. Mm-hmm. And I don't like what he's saying about world domination. But, you know, he's really done stuff for our economy. Mm-hmm. So I'm for him. Yes, it's but see. fucking thing. It, it, Except that Trump's not as smart. He doesn't have a plan. Yes. And he hasn't restored our economy. We are not great anymore. Right. We are not. You know what's interesting? That's a great point you made, and it's true. People like because just because you didn't live through Germany in the 30s, do they think it's like some alternate universe? Like Germany in the 30s is not like in human history. You know, we we came from being in caves and being literal like Neanderthals to now. I know we're not directly related to Neanderthals. You know what I mean? Like 30s Germany is not that remote from our society. Like they had cars and cities and books and radios and suits and lawyers. Like they still turned into Nazi Germany. They were a civilized society. Like Germans had some of the most smart people ever. So My grandparents were children. Right. Their parents took them out of Nazi Germany. Wow. That's when we came to this country. Wow. That's how short a time ago it was. I mean, I know I'm fucking old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> right, no, right, in, right. In the historical sense. Right, right. right. Yeah, so and that's they, true, that's right. They came here, and not only did they come here, they gave up their language. Right. I could have grown up in a German-speaking house. My wife could have grown up in a German-speaking house because she's second-generation German. Right. They they gave all of that up to incorporate in Amer- into America, which I think is wrong. I think they should have kept their language and English. Well, yeah, I but, agree with I that mean, 100%. You should keep your language and English 100%. That's the beauty of America. But gave up Latin, right? Right. Because when my grandparents were going to a Catholic church, they were still doing the masses in Latin. Well, and even my – Rick, in Jersey, well. in Jersey, even my parents when they were kids, my mother told me they did it in Latin still. The whole, the whole mass? I don't know about the whole mass, but my mother said they were like in the spirit of the Santi, like in the Godfather. They still did that. When I was a kid, no. Right. Vespers, when I was a kid, Vespers was still done, because we're both Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vespers was still done in, in solid Latin. Not that I understood it. Right. I have a better understanding of it now. Right. But because it, of that. That right. piqued my interest, right? Yes. That, that created some idea in me, which is blows me away about the atheists, and I'm getting off the subject here just for a second. Right. If it wasn't for the church, we would not have an education system. And that's all i got to say about that. Very, and you know what? One day, I think, when I have you just on one day as the guest, we'll talk about stuff like that, because that's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But but we'll, not to digress, but that's a good point. By the way, though, you bring up a good point, too. Joe Biden, by the way, is the first, the, the second Catholic president in u.s history yeah kennedy was the first yeah kennedy was the first and he's the second and they are both irish they're the, they're the first and second irish catholics i mean we haven't even had that much stuff we've had one black person and two catholics 
and that's it in this country. It's interesting. Well, you, know, you know the country was freaked out about Kennedy. Being yeah, I know. Right? Which is yes, I do. Yeah. Which is crazy. Now it's like an afterthought, but it's a big. De- it's still that I think it's Rick. A huge deal to the point where he had to go on TV and go, "I will not let my faith mm-hmm. dictate my choices." As far as the Constitution yes. and the laws of America go. Yes, but now it's horrible to bring up faith at all to Barrett, but that's another story. But inter- <laughs> interesting thing, though, interesting thing, though, you know, it just shows with the 70 million people who casted votes for Donald Trump, coupled with the fact that Biden's only the second Catholic to hold the yeah. office, Harris is the first woman to be a VP ever not to mention indian south asian american and the second african american to hold anywhere near that office and her husband's jewish who's the first jewish american to be president vp or whatever first man or whatever i mean it just shows how slow and painful this thing is in america i still believe it's going forward but it is slow and painful and the fact 70 million people voted for trump shows you that it's not done yet and there's a huge vast amount of people who really don't like it no i i I agree with that 100 and i was joking about it earlier today with you know when you look at the electoral map right Mm -hmm. it's like two sides of the country it really is yeah i saw that too but i mean that's not the reality because the reality is there's like diversity in all of those different states yes but it's blue on both sides and guess what else is on both sides the fucking best colleges. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, and that's telling. And and the fact that all of Biden's votes are in main cities and in a lot of cities that have the colleges as well. Yes. I think that's pretty telling about yes. what this country is. And you and I were talking earlier, I think maybe last week, mm-hmm. about how can the outlying suburbs have all of these voters? Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, they don't. Their votes just got counted first. Exactly. That's it. Not even the suburbs, the exurbs, the rural areas. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, the rural yes. areas. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you're yes. right. The rural areas, not the suburbs. Yeah, and what's interesting is, what's interesting to me is, you make a, such a great point about the colleges and things. I meant to make this in the monologue, but I didn't. I'll make it now. Is like, you know, there's this ongoing thread in this country that, you know, the heart of America, the soul of America, and all is in like rural America. Now, I'm not saying that it's not. But there was, at the inception of the country, a war going on between, like, the agrarian people, and Jefferson was one of them, versus the Federalists, the more urban industrial people. And the fact is yeah. that there's, this has been going on, and what I see is, yes, rural agrarian America is very important. It helped us to get some dominance. It helps us to feed our people. It helps us, you know, to have the resources we need to have, you know, this dominant world um, position. However... Since the inception, too, our cities have our colleges, our courthouses, our schools, our industry. We process the crops that come from rural America through the cities. Everything's happened in the cities. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but the heart of America and the soul of America is also largely in our cities and metropolitan areas. It's not just in these rural areas. And I don't understand the obsession. And city people don't even really try to put that forth. We should more. I mean... Where is a lot of our identity and stuff, you know, cultivated? Where is our industry cultivated? Where are those crops cultivated and traded in our cities and our ports 
And I, you know, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just crazy that we overlooked and they want to claim we're the heart of America. No, so are we. And where we're going is just as American as where you want to stay, you know? We're, we're, we're far more the heart of America than they are. Yes. We are just also the mind of America. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and I, I mean, I've been dealing with this for so many years, Larry. It, it, it's, it's insane that I, I, you know, I was called anti-American years ago. And that right. just wasn't the case. Like, right. after I was 20, 21, I was like, I'm not anti-American. I'm mad because I am American. Right. Right. Right, and and, and and they don't understand that. And and what you were saying earlier, this stupidity. I used to joke about that with Reagan. I used to right. joke about that with Bush, Jr. Not senior so much. Right, but right. Senior. I mean, that guy's from back east, right? He's not from. Yes, Texas. exactly. But, but I still like him better than Trump. Of course. But the fact remains, he was he was playing the idiot because he knew. That if you do like Obama, right, and you sound intelligent and you sound like you right, then nobody can stack up to you, and they all feel and and, and especially yes. with the more racist people, yes, right, yep. they're like, how dare this black man yes. be more eloquent, yes. more educated, and and more moral than I am. You know, that's a great point that, because I brought that up, and that's, and that's yes. where that shit came from because. There is nothing. There are no scandals under Obama. You can't go right. fast and furious. Right. I mean, for real? Right. Fast and furious? Right. No, you know what's I interesting? I made that point earlier this week to somebody, which was that that's why they were so incensed, which you just said. How yeah. dare a black man with a name that sounds exotic to me, and I don't say that because I, I would use that word. I'm saying because they would. How dare a man with that name and that complexion be more sophisticated and knowledgeable and, you know, part of the aristocracy than I could ever be? They were incensed. Incensed. You know? And I, it, just, yeah. it just shocks me because there was a time, there was a time in America, and color aside, where people looked... Yes. The intellectuals to solve problems. Yes. I mean Einstein, or even all the way back Jefferson. Yes. Right? Benjamin Franklin, right? Yes. These were intellectuals who were solving problems, who were creating this whole thing that we are also patriotic about. They were intelligent, intellectual, deep-thinking people, and the rest of the world went, "Oh, you know what? We have a problem. Let's go to the town doctor." Right, right. right. Educated. <laughs> right. And he knows what he's talking about. And now it's like, no, 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 we can do this on our own. And just uh, the, the insanity of still fighting with people about, uh, oh, this is, you know, you guys were the same when Hillary lost in 2016. Or, well, Kyle Rittenhouse was justified and the left has done more damage than the right. And I'm like, really? Great, no, great point. Heard about the shootings at the nightclubs? Have you heard about the shootings at the black churches? Mm-hmm. That was not left-wing people, right? Right, and, right. and we're seeing it now. I, I fear we're going to see more of this right-wing shit. To be honest with you, they're more militant. They're more the terrorists. Period. In this country, the right wing is more of a terrorist threat than the left wing. They're both threats. I mean, I know that, but the right wing is more of a predominant and immediate threat because of the because of the way the composition of the country. Period. Yeah. Yes, and that's, you know, I, I, I joke, but I'm not joking mm -hmm. about my Sarah Connor stash, right? I don't right. want to have to go there. Right. I don't right. want to have to be that person. Right. I mean, I, I'm quite capable of it. 
I'm right. quite capable of it. Right. But and we've talked about this before too, right? There's a difference between uh, I'm going to stand up when you get in my face, right? And I and I'm going to just cause a problem. And this idea that Rittenhouse is somehow a a fucking national hero. Yeah, it's absurd. And you know what's that's not law. You're not you're right. Just take the law into your own hands. Right. And I've said straight up to people, if you came into my house, stole my shit, raped my wife and children, right. and I shot you outside my house, right? I would be held accountable. Don't right. tell me that this fucking moron who went into another state in another city with a gun he wasn't even legally supposed to be carrying under a curfew where he was not even supposed to be out is some American patriot. Because he killed somebody who threw a fucking bag at him. Yes, I, I've right. Tried to paint this in so many ways to people. Like if I come into your neighborhood because I think the law enforcement isn't good enough, and you come at me because you're like, "What are you doing in front of my house with a gun?" And I go, "Oh, I feel threatened," and I shoot you. That doesn't make me uh, able to call self-defense because I should have never fucking been in your neighborhood. Right. I think it's true, and I mean, I think Rittenhouse was an interesting story where initially there seemed to be some inkling that maybe there was some self-defense. I mean, that's been that's been basically completely expelled. I mean, I, I mean, I think we all agree with what Rittenhouse was doing and who he was. Now, I don't think we're I think we're well, mostly we all do, on the same page. Right. Well, look, Rick, we know that you know Trayvon Martin. They still sell. Yeah. Dude, that breaks, that breaks my heart. Think uh, about that. They, about all of America. Think about that. There are people who buy shooting targets with Trayvon Martin or a kid holding Skittles. Uh, and there, that scumbag Zimmerman signs Skittles bags yeah. and gives yeah. it to people. Think about that. And they'll say they're about Second oh, Amendment. They're, that, they're racist, Rick. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. And again, I come from Arizona. We don't really have that yes, here. We still right. don't really have that here. Right. But when I went to Alabama in the military right. and watched a black person get off the sidewalk for white people, I was like, what just happened? Right. You know? Right. Or when I asked black girls to dance in the club, and they looked at me like I was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Just, what are you even thinking, white guy? And, and Rick, what's funny is... You look at, and it's funny because you're my fa- closer to my father's age, and he had similar experiences in the South back then, more yeah. so. But it's interesting yeah. is that, you know, if you look at the map now, with aside from that poetic justice in Georgia, it's the it's the same like states like you said. You got the one side, the other side, and then you got the middle and South that's just crimson red. It's the old Confederacy for the most part, aside from a couple northern rural states. It's the yeah, same the thing. It's the same battle, Rick. They probably would have been there too, right? Exactly. It's the same battle. That it's it's never ended. Yeah. It's never stopped. It's like, you know, like we always talk about relative to world history and human history, the Civil War is not that long ago, and it's just like it's right. the same ideological battle for since the inception of the country is this Confederacy versus this, the agrarians versus the industrialists. It continues. And interestingly, yeah, like you said, look at the colleges, all those West Coast colleges. You got Arizona State, you got Stanford, you got all that, you got Washington, you got uh, Oregon. Then out here you have Big Ten country, all blue except for Ohio State, and yeah. I don't like Ohio State, so I'm going to let them hear it next game, whatever. But the rest is you know, <laughs> Big Ten country, you know, and then SEC 
PC, this and that, whatever. But there, it, it's not the same caliber of education, and it shows. In the it shows, it just shows. Yeah. It's different worlds, and the. But then again, like you said, even in the South, the metropolitan city areas still go a certain way because anybody who's around other people who has exposure to other types of people doesn't have the same level of xenophobia and fear of the other, and isn't as susceptible to attacks that are you know aimed at the ignorant as people who are underexposed and undereducated by way of books or by way of lifestyle, period. And it's a yeah. real problem yeah. we got to deal with. 100%. I mean, I mean, isn't Philadelphia the city of liberty? It is. I don't know if it was real or not. They were dancing around in, like, liberty stuff. Biden has come mm -hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yes. Yes, it and makes it, sense. It just, it just shocks me. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to do about it because, you know, we on the left or in the middle even... Right. We're not those people, right? Right. Go, you know what? We don't understand this, so we're going to go shoot it. Never. Right. People. Right. We we can't be that. Right. Right. They're going to push us. Right is what I'm saying. They're going to push us to that point where we have to be those people, much like the Civil War. And somebody brought that up. Uh, God, I thought I don't remember where it was on Facebook, but somebody said, "Yeah, just like all those people that died in the South during the Civil War." trying to defend what they thought was right, right? Right. Do we need that again? No, 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 of course we don't. Right. We don't. We really don't. We're so much more advanced and sophisticated and, you know, we've learned so much. That I think that's the biggest shame, you know, to, to get mellow again, too. Is that the biggest shame, I think, yeah. is all the strides that we've made especially in education especially in these urban metropolitan centers especially in our media i think the more strides we make like even even something as simple as showing an interracial i mean what was it five years ago that there was the first like interracial couple on like a a chips commercial or something like a lays commercial and yeah, people were, yeah, were yeah, it wasn't that long ago. they were incensed by it but it's like we are simply doing you know sitcoms that involve homosexual couples and things that We've normalized because it's the right thing to do and because we are becoming a more acceptable and actually harmonious and better society, a more perfect union, you might say. Yeah. We are becoming that. Yeah. We are becoming that and it's it's sad it, like on one end it's hopeful, on the other side it's sad. It's like while we are making these strides in the heart of America that is metropolitan America, across all states, even in Alabama, I guarantee you, you know, some of those states, you know, those cities down there are are, are metropolitan and, and advanced too. But in these other areas that, that they truly feel that us advancing toward a more perfect union, toward the promises of our ideals and institutions and the Constitution itself is somehow robbing them of their country and doing the wrong thing. That's so sad. Because, it's so sad. Because they're too stupid to see it. Right. That's I the mean, problem. And, and the only thing that keeps me going here and keeps me from strapping on weapons or whatever or just leaving, just jettisoning and going, you know, pleading with Germany, please take me back. My grandparents left here right. you know, 70 years ago. Please right. take me back. <laughs> right. But it is that I see, I see the improvements, and they're slow, and they're yes. sometimes tedious, and we sometimes roll back a couple steps, like with Trump for the last four years. Right. But, but there is progress, and I've said this a million times to people in real life and on Facebook. You cannot tell me 
it is as bad for black people now as it was 100 years ago. Right, we're making advances. Right, we're making advances. As slow as it is, and as much as racism is still there, we're doing it. We are doing it. Slowly but surely, we're, we're advancing. Yes. Yes, we're working towards it. We yes. are working towards it, and it, it's slow and tedious because obviously there are six million dumb shits out there who are trying to prevent it from happening. Because oh my god, oh my god, the world may be mocha brown at some point. All the United States, everybody will be a light shade of brown. Right. Who fucking cares? <laughs> who cares? We're That's better. Right. Then we become right. Americans as like a race, which would be pretty cool in my opinion. So, <laughs> yes. so isn't that the comic circle? Right? Yeah, isn't that what we're supposed to do? I mean, what the. F- I mean, so, and, and you're right. There's a good point, too, even while we go through this election. I think I'll, I'll kind of wrap up on this note, too, is, is, is you made a good point, yeah, yeah. Rick, which was even with this current election, we are still clawing towards it, but it's going the right direction. Even going through this process is almost just showing our hand, like, this is what we do. Even the rest of the world, where they might have already had a military coup already, already had blood in the streets, we are kind, even with somebody like Trump, we are actually still just counting the votes. And Biden's on TV right now saying, like, look, we're counting the votes. Even this agonizing what seems like a backpedal is actually, like, you know, forcefully dragging us yeah, to progress. So just an interesting point. Just a great point. Just a great point. Yeah, great call. It pulled more people into democracy. That is the silver lining. From right. Trump. Four years of Trump, right? Everybody's like, oh shit, we gotta get active. Right, so, and it worked. There's that. Yes, even though all they showed up, more people showed up on the other side, and and they did it lawfully. They didn't resort to anything you know illegal or outside the system. They voted, and the votes itself, even though it still drags out and we're getting closer, the votes themselves are what's gonna pull us out of it. That's an important progression, as crazy as that That's sounds. Right. So, great point, Rick. Rick, love you. Love when you call. Everything else. I'm, I'm wrapping up now. I don't know if anybody else is going to call, but love the call. Great. Just what I needed tonight, honestly. We'll get through this. We'll do a post-mortem with Sean and everything soon, but this election will end soon. We'll be in a different place in this country. Great call. Thanks for calling. Thanks for sharing everything, and always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Fantastic, brother. Love you, too. All right. Later, Rick. I'm leaving the lines open. Um... Anybody else want to talk about the election? Or I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a time going on for us. Anybody else have any thoughts about the election or anything of that nature? Uh, call up. I'm taking some more calls, and then I'm going to wind down because I am exhausted. I mean, I've been following this thing nonstop. Just nonstop following this thing. Yeah, and Joe's looking good. He really is. He's looking, like, in command. He knows what he's, what he's saying. Um, and he's looking presidential. I mean, he's not... What's up? Who we got? Hi, Larry. I'm, I'm talking to you with voice modulation because I don't want people to know who I am. Oh, I'm yeah. Hear advice about something. What is it here? I just, I don't know what to do with the election because regardless of the outcome, I feel like a lot of my family is shitty. And I don't know what to do about that. How so, do I go about, I can cut friends, yeah, I, I get that, but cutting family is kind of hard. So you have issues with your family because you have a lot of family that's Trump supporters? Yes. That's tough. Um, and I think I know who this is. I won't, I won't put it out there. Um, you really feel like on a, on a serious level like you want to cut off some family members over this? 
And I'm not criticizing you because I understand it. I'm just asking. You know, I don't really. It's just, it makes everything kind of difficult. Right, like to even... You feel maybe like your core values as an American and as a person. It's like if you could still support that, how could we even have a deeper relationship? The, the question I, I find myself asking myself is, how did these people raise me? Really? Right, right, right. How, how did they raise me to notice that Donald Trump is a schmuck? And all of them are bending over backwards to vote for him again. Right. Like, how did they raise you to have values that would recognize that and still... Yeah, isn't it crazy? It's tough. And I think maybe... You know, I've come to the conclusion, luckily it's really not family with me. But friends, most of my friends, and and you're one of them, you're a close one, and most of my close friends see the same stuff I see. Those who are not as close, I think... I think have gotten less close as this has progressed, right? Like, I may have tolerated them before, but now because of this situation, I haven't said, like, flat out, I'm not talking to you anymore, but I've gotten less and less concerned with trying to placate them or trying to act like it's okay that we disagree about this, etc. It's like, if you don't understand, we can disagree, but then if I explain certain things to you and, and you can't say, I condemn that, and you can't agree to some extent about the indecency... I don't maintain the same level of relationship. I might still have a relationship, but I know deep down that I'm not on the same level with you. There's not a depth to our relationship that there is with people who do understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. It's it's just it's 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 brutal. It really is brutal, and it's it's a sad thing that we're in. And that's the interesting thing too, right? It's like we're not in this place where it's like regions, like we're gonna fight this state or that state. It's like People right next to you, people you grew up with, people that are your blood are disagreeing with you on this fundamental level. And you're like, yo, I'm an American and you you taught me to understand this and now you're going against it? Like, what the hell? I understand. It's it's brutal. I'll make one last comment and then I'll get off the line. Mm-hmm. Pretty much it's just, to me, this is, this is deeper than Republican and Democrat. This is obviously Donald Trump is just not... I mean, at the core of he's just not a nice person. Right. He's just not even close to a nice person. That's a great thing to say. Um, and the, it's true. And the fact of the matter that we're still having these arguments just it makes me sad. Well, let me ask you this, too. Because I thought this was a turning point to some extent. Maybe not to most people. And I don't think to most people. But I actually posed this on Facebook. And I said, if you're a Trump supporter, all bullshit aside, what he just did was textbook fascism, textbook tyranny, where he was trying to undermine our free election. Do you agree that that was wrong? And if so, will you at least finally admit that maybe Donald Trump is not the best person to lead this country? And let me tell you something. I didn't get one response from any known Trump supporter on my friends list. Not one. So I want to ask you, have any of these people you're referencing come around a little bit in recent days as they see the purely anti-democratic stature of this person or are they doubling down? I feel like some of them are doubling down. Wow. Some of them have gone silent on social media, which is fine by me. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them though seem to be, I don't want to say doubling down per se. Right. But they're, essentially I feel like they're picking and choosing what they want to believe with 
and what they don't want to believe on conspiracy theories and other things. Wow, right. And they're not... And if they know it's something that is... What I've found, too, is that when I call out certain people... You know, if somebody calls me out and I genuinely think they're being illegitimate, I'll say, bro, screw you. Like, I don't care what you think. You're going to come at me like that? Then get lost. Most people, when I call them out about this, they they never really say, like, screw you. They usually go, oh, I don't, I don't think less of you. I'm sad you think less of me. Like, that shows, like, to me on some level, they know what they're supporting is wrong. Like, they know it because they were, like, asking for forgiveness. Like, oh, don't hate me. Like, because they know it's wrong. And it's just even more crazy. Like, they're not coming out on social media because they know it's wrong, yet they maintain it. And I agree with you. It's so stressful because waking up to know that you live in a country and you're surrounded by people that would still do this on an intellectual and on a level of, like, empathy and whatnot is just devastating. So I feel your pain. I think... It's just a slow road to acceptance that certain people you'll be cool with, but they're never going to be on your level, like deep, deep down, like people you really, really, really embrace on that soul level. Whereas you and I obviously do and other people we know, certain people aren't going to be on that level with you. It's a sad thing to come to terms with, but I think a lot of us are going through that right now and we got to move forward, but it's going to be tough. No problem, brother. Good to hear from you, and I'll talk to you soon. You too, man. All right, bye. Now, we had another call coming in. Uh, call back. Otherwise, I'm going to call you back, because I want your... I want your uh, here we go. Here's another call. Not the same one that we were missing. You're on the air. Who are you? Where are you calling from? <laughs> What's up? Hold on, hold on. I got another call coming in here. Hold on. You're on the air. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Hi, Larry. This is Allie calling in from Neptune. Neptune, New Jersey. Allie, what's going on, Allie? Hi. So, we we have been watching this election since it began 24-7. Haven't thought much. Me either. Um, And, and of course, you know, we know, we knew this was going to happen. Right. We knew that Donnie was going to do this. He set this plan in place long ago. Yes. And I think, you know, we can all agree on it. It's because he cannot bow out gracefully. Yes, he and, just can't. You know, with his ego and his dignity, he can't. He can't. Right. He's an egomaniac. Right. Um, but I wanted to offer up some thoughts around there could perhaps be some strategy involved in this tactic. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. Really, this election is going to take place on December 14th. Right. And December 14th is when all of the electors get together right. and have to cast their vote based on the popular vote from their state. Right. Now, that is the case, and they are, you know, kind of uh, obligated to do so. Right. With the exception of if their state truly had not made a verdict yet because they're caught up in litigation and legal battles. Ah, interesting. So, so what happened? Yeah. You know, they don't technically have to go with the popular vote, and it could turn the other way. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. So, you, yeah, it's terrifying. So, you think this is like a strategic, this could be a strategic thing, which we know, we just talked about it was strategic. He laid out from the beginning that he was going to try to delegitimize mail in votes, even as he was not allowing mail in votes to be counted first. And then he's going to file litigation that maybe he's legitimately trying to have electors 
go against the will of the state. I mean, it's so plausible, though. Like, I, I actually thought, to be honest with you, some semblance in me of I, I thought enough people around him would be decent enough to get him to concede. I don't know why I believe that. But, no, he's going full speed ahead with this shit. Right, and it's not acceptable anymore. It's just not. And and you know, I can't be quote unquote partisan or endorsing somebody because of my you know whatever I give my disclaimer. But like, it's beyond that now. Like, this is anti-American, yeah. straight up. This is anti. I took an oath to uphold the Constitution, and he's going against it at this juncture. I mean, come on. Now, yeah. Ali, I think that proves why, you know, these states are important for Biden. I think Biden's really got to win. If he wins all of these states that are on the board, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, that becomes much harder because some of these states don't have a viable litigatory path. The judges are just going to throw it out very quickly. So if we have four different states, it's harder than if there's one state that's in question, you know. Right, exactly. And if the margins continue to widen, then... Right, and they they look like they are. Arizona looks like it might hold i think arizona will hold and every other state looks like the margins getting at least a little bigger i don't know about georgia but that's a that's a great point a scary point but here's my thing too don't you think that if somebody outright stole an election that way in this country where they just straight up went in and, and had electors go against the state i mean i don't think we're going to survive that i i don't think people are going to not go into the street i don't think people are not going to yeah. uprise right i mean and you got democratic states they're not going to stand for i mean I, right it's not going to we're not going to survive that we're going to go right into a constitutional crisis which is even more terrifying it's true it's a, that's a great point uh, i don't think anyone would stand for that and I, I and i also think you know those who are in place and do have positions of power would fight that through legal battles to make sure that that's not the case as well. right you hope that you hope that our highest court would make sure that that doesn't happen. Right, and I think there's this other interesting thing where people are saying, look, he loaded the court with conservative judges. He did. There are so many problems with that. However, you know, I think there's a fine line between being like a somebody who has a partisan slant as a judge and somebody who just blatantly is going to disregard everything about the country as a judge. I think it's going to be hard for him. I think he thinks that I can go to the courts because I appointed all these people. They're going to do what I want. But I think he's mistaken, hopefully, and I think so. I think a lot of these judges, they already threw out a lot of these lawsuits. I think they're going to stick to the law, right? Yeah. I mean, up until this point, though, he's shown that, like, he can do anything and he can get away with it. It's insane. I I don't think we're going to get to this point, but if we did, this would, I think, finally be that moment of, no, no, you're going to get away with this. Agreed, because it can't, you know, it's been crazy to me that, look, they, they, they vested the Senate and the Congress with putting a check on the president, and... Yes, I know they knew there would be mutual parties, but I'm pretty sure they thought that even if you were of the same party, that you would have more pride in your branch of government, like, to go against the other branch of government. Like, yeah, I'm the same party as the president, but we're the Senate, and the Senate has more power than you, so knock it off. Like, they haven't done that at all, which is so scary. You would hope that if it came to that, they would finally step up. I mean, geez, what else, what the hell else can we do to save the country? Like, you're supposed to put a check on him and you're not doing it, you know? Right. Right. You know, that's interesting. That brings me to another point while you're on the line, which is interesting, is we've been talking so much about what the founding fathers did and this and that. It just came to me, like, 
I said before that if you're a student of history and a student of humanity, you should know that almost every society is susceptible to tyranny and authoritarianism. Think about it. The Founding Fathers were students of society and were students of history. That's why they built the system with three checks and balances to try to stop that from ever happening. And it may or may not work. We're seeing it come to fruition now to see if it'll work. I actually think it will work, but it's fragile. It is fragile. Jeez. It's a great point. It's so true. Yeah, so just an interesting point, Allie. Really interesting point. I hope it doesn't get there. We'll keep following the votes. Hopefully it keeps widening, and hopefully he doesn't try to... He might try to pull it off. Hopefully they put a stop to it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I I think either way, though, these next few months are going to be very interesting. I mean, I would just love a scenario where... He rides off into the sunset. Right. That's, we don't have to hear from him. Yes. The red hats, yes. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, just let us live in peace. No more red hats. No more rallies. No more insanity. Just let us live in peace. Let the president do his job so I don't have to think about the president every day. That would give me all the joy I need. That's all I want. My God. I I, one of my favorite analogies of what Obama was president versus when Trump was president was um, the analogy of someone riding on a bus. Yes. Right? Like when Obama was the president, I'm sitting back, I'm yeah. looking at my phone. <laughs> good point. I'm chilling, talking to friends, right? Because he's a cable bus driver. And yes. I know I'm in good hands and I'm not worried. Yes. But when Trump's driving the bus, I'm sitting up the front, I'm staring at the window, I'm like hitting my fake little brake under my feet. <laughs> right, right. I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, yes. You're so engaged. You can't relax because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Great point. Great point. Let's all go back to just sitting on the bus and falling asleep. How about that? How about that? You know? My God. I love that. Yeah, great point, Allie. Great point. So good to hear from you. Thank you for that call. That that was a great point. I really appreciate that. And hopefully we'll get through this thing, and in the next couple of days he'll be riding off on a bus, or at least, you know, Biden will be driving the bus. Let's just hope that. And, and, and if there's a bus, if there's this car swerving on the side, giving us the finger, maybe we'll deal with it for now. I don't know. But, but yeah, let's hope for the best. Yeah. All right, Allie. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Nice talking to you, Allie, as usual. Bye. All right. So another great call from another great listener. Lines are still open. We're going to keep them open a little bit longer. A little bit longer. So give me a call. And then I'm going to wrap this podcast up and mix it and put it out on iTunes and Spotify and every other medium so that it's available to all of you for download. What's up? You're on the air. Larry! DZ in the Dallas area. What's up, brother? Nothing much, man. What's going on with you? You know what's going on. We're watching this election. Going crazy about it, so, you know. Apocalypse Day 4. It's insane. What are you? How are you getting through this? Have you been paying attention a lot to it? Have you been busy at work? What's, what's the... Uh, What's been going on? Uh, well, well, what's been interesting is is when I when I go to the the job in the early morning, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see the news before I go in, mm-hmm. and then I don't know anything until I get out, and just the drastic changes that have been happening. See, that's awesome, because me, I'm watching it all day, even at work, I got it on the background. So to me, it's moving at a snail's pace, and I'm like, let's go. But you have the better setup, I think. So it's a drastic change when you get out of work, because it's a whole day. I've been trying to just turn it off, but it's hard. Well, first off, I got I have the G set up, like I showed you, because yes. the TV 
DirecTV has this awesome feature where you hit the little red button on one of the news channels and it'll give you Election HQ and it gives me a map and like the Senate seat breakdown and the House seat breakdown and then I can watch Election News Mix where it's like four different news networks same time and I can right. which audio I'm listening to. That's awesome. I wish I could do that. That's great. That is a good setup. But So when you get out of work, you have that whole setup in front of you. So you're catching up on everything you haven't seen all day. That's pretty interesting. Pretty much. I'm, try, I'm trying to see trying to see what, who's saying what about who's saying what about what, essentially. Right. And you do know, just so you know, Deedzy, and so our listeners know, I'm getting word right now that White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows actually has coronavirus right now. He just he just got it, apparently. <laughs> so he's the guy, he's the, and he's, by, by the way, he's a, right, apparently, by the way, he's one of the main guys telling Trump to, like, keep going with this uh, lawsuits and everything. Apparently, there's some people inside the White House trying to talk him off the ledge, like, just, can, like, you're going to lose. And then there's some people that are, like, egging him on, and Meadows was one of the guys egging him on. Then he got coronavirus. It's like, is that God, like, striking? Like, like what's going on there? Like, I know they all have coronavirus in the White House, but that's kind of funny. That's literally breaking news right now. How funny is that? Uh, I, I hope one of the first things... Biden does if he gets into the White House just disinfects the whole thing. Just spends a good two weeks just UV light treatments and bleach and just just fuck, just tear it all down and just rebuild it. Fuck it. 100%. 100%. Just disinfect the hell out of that place. It's just ridiculous that, he, that now he has coronavirus. Like, this thing, this... Oh, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even cope with it, honestly, at this point. It's just, it's just insane. It's just really insane, DZ. And, uh, I mean, what do you think is going to eventually happen? You think he's going to drag this out till till they make him leave Trump? I mean, do you think he's going to finally bow out? What do you think? Well, see, that's the hard thing because, like, part of me is just like, well, the states are going to be called and there's really going to be nothing he can do about it. Right. And I don't, and I don't think realistically there is unless I know, like, certain states, if it's within a certain margin... There's a recount, but in certain other states, the recount is not necessarily like a total recount of the votes. Like, okay, let's start from scratch. It's, right. Oh, let's make sure that this count is correct and the count still stands until it doesn't. Right, right. It's going to be hard. Like, they'll do some, I think they'll do a recount in Georgia because it's so close, but Georgia will probably still come out blue. And then the other states, if he holds on in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Nevada, then even without Georgia, Biden wins. So, I mean, at this point, I'm hoping we get some kind of thing, you know, announcement in the weekend just so that the country can can know who their president is and, and be at ease. I mean, these news channels really got to eventually they got to pull the trigger on these these calls. They got to do this here. I know they shouldn't do it before the math makes sense, but they got to call it eventually because we can't sit here forever waiting on like five votes, you know. I mean, there's a small part of me that just wants it to just wants them to just call it already and be like, all right, 270, he's got it. But then there's another part of me that's like, no, let's count everything because if he only gets 270 and they try to claim the other states for Trump, then it's too close and people will complain still. And Right. Like, I, I feel like it's just like, let's count everything and let's get just, just so that it's in the 300s and then we can we can all just rest a little easier at night. That's that's what I would think, too, honestly. That's that's what I would think they're waiting for, too. 
um it's just it's i guess it's frustrating for all of us kind of waiting we just want the resolution but i think you know what you're saying makes sense they want to be sure and honestly at this point too dz i think i think we kind of know who the winner is going to be at this point i think it's kind of it's kind of there i mean the math is simple and it's it's just there um but you know, I think they're waiting just to be safe. They don't want to do anything prematurely. They don't want to get criticized for it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they're waiting. And that makes a lot of sense. But we continue to wait, I guess, DZ. We continue to wait, my brother. Hey, man, if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. Yeah. So let's hope for the best on that front, Deeds. I'll talk to you more about what we were talking about when we got booted. And we'll, we'll continue to formulate plans. Um, you know, our, our project is still going to get off the ground. It's just a matter of me finishing this music project first and then kind of getting a better setup for the podcast so we don't have those technical issues anymore um, and kind of going from there. So I know your state stayed uh, red, unfortunately. We had high hopes for it, but, hey, that's life. We know you uh, where your heart is at, and let's, uh, let's hope this election uh, moves to resolution pretty soon, DZ. Agreed, brother. Agreed. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, and I'm sure I'll talk to you next week on the cast, man. Yes, sir. All right, DZ. Later. Take care, man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that was our bad here on the technical end. Some A lot of people got booted, and it's because of technical difficulties on my end. And that's all. So, you know, that's where we are. This is another night of Logic and Larry, another night where we have a couple technical difficulties, but, uh, you know, we continue to move forward. Hey, I fixed that technical difficulty much quicker than Nevada counts five votes. Let's be honest, right? I fixed that technical difficulty, chilled with DZ, booted it back up, got everybody back on. I mean, we're still missing some listeners, but got most people back on. Way quicker than Nevada could count a vote, which is, uh, you know, I'd say I'm a little proud of myself on that in that regard, you know. So it is what it is, but we await. The country waits, and we're all waiting patiently for the resolution of this crazy election, and. How fitting is it that it's the end of 2020? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's using the common core math, isn't it? 2020. How fitting is 2020 that this is where we are? It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. But look, guys. It's been a hell of a night. I'm exhausted. I look forward to talking to all of you again very soon. Next week, I'm going to call it a night. I thank you all for joining me. I do still apologize for that little technical glitch we had. But next week, I will talk to everyone. I'm looking forward to talking to everyone. I'm looking forward to more phone calls. I'm looking forward to more conversation. I have no doubt that we will know who the next president of the United States is when we get to that point. And uh, 
and I, I really look forward to it. I thank you for joining me. I love you guys being on the cast. I love spending Friday nights with you. All the listeners on Spotify and iTunes, you should check out live version once in a while. Also, make sure you share the podcast and make sure you disseminate it. To, hold on, we got one call coming in. Hold on. You're on the air. It's the Logic and Larry podcast. Who are you? Where are you calling from? <laughs> My name is Phoenix Down, or the artist formerly known as. Oh, shit. What's up, brother? Hey, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just calling to do, like, you know, a head check. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good now. Because I'm just saying, like, I'm pretty sure that anybody who watches the Logic and Larry show and also pays attention to Facebook has been seeing that you've been wilding out all week. <laughs> True, bro. Wilding out too much. And it was you, actually, who was like... Came in very mellow and were like, yo, maybe they didn't like Hillary, which, by the way, I was talking about people who voted for him a second time, not the first time on that one. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And I felt kind of dumb about that after I said that. I was like, oh, wait, we just had an election. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I wasn't talking about... I would, And I was going to say that just to say, like, dude, I'm not even talking about... Like, in a good way, like, bro, like, we're good. But I, but then, then you yeah. said a second thing, which was really important, too, which you were like, you need to calm the hell down. Like, you were... And you... And I know you, so I know it was like a legitimate, genuine, like, bro, just calm down. I was like, my blood pressure is up. I'm like, actually, like, I said it to you, I think, too. I was like, you're right. I need to calm the hell down, bro. Jesus. (laughs) For my own health. Now, uh, what I wanted to do, um, like, before you signed off, actually, was to come on and uh, talk a little bit about um, just basically the way that I've been feeling about, like, this entire... Yes, yes. And now that, like, my like my ways are different, the way that I conduct myself is different, I kind of wanted to take the troll mask off. Right. And just kind of talk about, you know, basically the way that I perceive things. Right. And, you know, just so people understand. Um, like, yeah, I did vote for Trump back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who knows me knows the reasons why. I'm, like... The thing is, if you, it, like, my political alignment essentially differs based on what you talk to me about. Right, right. right. Now, if you talk to me about, like, bodily autonomy and you talk to me about various other things, you will find that I'm actually incredibly left-leaning. Right? Yes. Yeah, and I've seen well, you argue with right-leaning people on Facebook and things. Yeah. I've seen you do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, th- yeah, there's been times where, like, you know, I've talked to, like, you know, I've had a status where, like, you know, some nonsense went down and I said I was pro-choice. And it was like, what? You're what? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've seen I it. Am. I've seen it, dude. Yes. Yes. You're not lying. I've you seen it. I'm yeah. All, I'm all about maximum freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way that I've always been. You're very libertarian, um, then, I would like, say. So, yeah, well, yeah, to a certain extent, because they can be goofballs, too. Yes, but yes. The thing is, <laughs> you know, when, when you get down to the bottom of it, like, the way that I view this administration, mm-hmm. at least the way that, like, I had my own type of, like, internal hopes, and that was, you know, from the primary onward, like, back in, like, 2016, I, I perceived it as this, and I was like, you know what? Trump is wearing the troll face right now. Right. But if he ever got to be president, right. I mean, the troll mask is coming off and he's going to be like, okay, guys, like, let's get down to business. That was fun, but it was the primaries and then the general. It's time for me to be president. And he never took the freaking troll mask off. You right. Know, he, was just, he just stayed that guy. Like, someone should have confiscated his phone and his Twitter account. And, like, you know, you probably be seeing, like, a very, very different presidency and also at the same time like 
you know, there's people that will disagree with me, and they might be liberal, and they also might be conservative. Right. My position on it was if, and, you know, Trump has said this himself, if in the event that COVID didn't happen, this would probably be a very different race. You know what I mean? Right. Because the numbers were just where they were, and then, you know, the, the way that COVID came in and just, like, destroyed everything, of course, and this is the way that I look at it, like, you have people that are going to psychologically associate the pandemic with the administration anyway. Yes, you know I mean? yes, yeah, I like, agree with that. You, like, the average the average human being, if they look around and they see that stuff sucks, they're going to look for the people who are in charge. A hundred percent, right. And that's... So, so the thing is, they're going to psychologically associate this administration with this pandemic and be like, oh, well, you know what? If we get rid of this, then this can go away, too. All that being said, all, like, I've had to, like, you know, I'm just going to be completely, like, 1,000% real. As far as this administration is concerned, I got what I kind of wanted out of it because I wanted a conservative Supreme Court. Right. Um, just because, you know, when I started my law career, um, I had done it working for Evan Knappen, and I had done it, you know, basically being a champion for people like Shanine Allen, and I did that for, like, my whole first year of practicing law. Right. Um, that being said, I think it's still okay for somebody as a Republican or somebody who considers themselves to be a conservative voter at some point to, to be able to say what sucks and what doesn't right um without being thrown into a fire by either side right right, right. um and when i say that I, it's just like there's there's times where i was incredibly disappointed and the conduct on twitter sucked um that could have been a lot better and i know that that's, that's hypocritical coming from me because <laughs> like i did i've done my fair share of trolling online right but the difference is I'm not the president of the United States of America. Granted, I'm a lawyer, and I should, shouldn't be doing that. Right. But simultaneously, <laughs> I'm also not the damn president. Right. right, yes. So, you know, if I'm able to change my ways, why can't a guy who is, like, easily twice my age and also has, like, the most important state, like, like you know, seat in the land or in the world be able to do the same thing? Like, it's just right. like, come on, dude. Like, what are we doing here? So, right. You know, just me sitting back and looking at things in a, in a very objective way, um, you know, it was just like, you know what, there were some, there were things that were achieved that made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other dumb stuff. There was other dumb stuff that I really could have just really done without. Right. Um, and, you know, I think that, like, what we need to do, and I think that, like, it's something that we all need to concentrate on, um, is that... Like, it's really easy to dehumanize other people. Yes. Um, if they don't hold your same viewpoint. Right. And that's why, like, you know, when I saw you wilding out this week, you're just like, hey, man. You know what I mean? Like, the thing is, like, we all have our own passions. We all have our own frustrations and stuff like that. But, like, I listen to the podcast, and even if I don't call in, it's just like, you know what? A lot of this makes, like, a whole lot of sense. You know what I mean? Right. And we might not always agree, but at the same time, you know what I mean? It's like... You know, I could easily see myself like, you know what? I could have a cigar with Larry Crane and just talk about life. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, I could do a collaboration with you, and we could have. We might disagree about certain things, but there's certain things that we can definitely agree on. 
um, especially given our geographic location and the and the, the education that we both received. Right, one hundred percent. My, I, I guess I, what I want to say is like my whole concern is that if we're going to truly heal, and I like, and I don't care who's president, whether it's Trump or Biden. Right. I mean, like. People can can you know go with whoever they like. Me, I'm I'm done with the roller coaster ride, and I really just kind of want life to return to normal. <laughs> Me too, um, right? And like you know, no matter what happens, like, I, and I also want to get into some other stuff. I know you're tired, but um, the thing is, is just like we need to get back to a point where it's just like, okay, I feel this way about this. And it's like, oh well, I feel this way about that, and then like we don't call each other commies and you know, rednecks and inbred idiots and whatever the hell else, you know what I mean? I agree with and that. we actually can start to have, like, civil conversations again. And I think that once we get to that point, you'll know when the damage is healed. But, like, right now, it's just, like, everybody hates each other, and it's, like, really, really tough to deal with. I agree. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from identity politics, which wasn't started under Trump. I mean, it's been going on on both sides for a very long time. I think Trump... I think he exemplified, you know, like my biggest thing is I can hear what you're saying, like regarding the conservative Supreme Court. I understand people who want lower taxes. I understand gun rights. Actually, a lot of the policy things I'm not necessarily against. Now, I am against like the environmental stuff he did and all this. But I think what gets me the most is, you know, when he's out there right now, like basically trying to sow seeds of unrest with the election. And I saw this going on the whole time. Now, I had high hopes, too. When he first got, I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a centrist. I actually remember you posting right after, like, the he was the president-elect four years ago, saying, LOL, like, he's going to get you all and he's going to govern as a centrist. It's going to be, watch how you get clowned. Like, I agreed. I, like, actually might have even liked the status and, like, had hope for it. And I just think I agree we need to heal and not categorize people a certain way. I think, though, he and definitely people on the left, too, are prime drivers of the reasons that we do that to each other. Like, you know, we got to get people that are more, you know, less concerned with this, like, you know, I don't want to say xenophobic because it's a buzzword, but, you know, like this identity politic based, like anger and more on policy. And we can disagree on policy all day. But if I see somebody like subliminally, you know what it is? Put it this way. Talking to you and knowing you, I know that you're primarily driven by policy, and if somebody's personality traits are undesirable, perhaps you'll say, but their policy is driving my decision. On the other hand, I see a lot of people loving the personality side and using policy to justify it. You know what I'm saying? It's not really policy, because when I talk to them about policy or I know their policy, they don't even care about the policy. It's actually more the personality. And those people, like, I question. You know what I'm saying? And we got to get more to policy and less the personality, the candidates and the voters, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, the thing is, like, one thing that I've always kind of wanted to clear the air about to, like, anybody who has ever seen me, like, have interactions on your status is, like, yeah. at no point <laughs> ever in the past four years, or even, like, before that, has have I ever hailed Trump as some kind of bastion of intelligence? Right. You know, like, you got to be out of your mind. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just like, come on, dude. Like, that's, that's not where I'm at. But, like, the thing is, like, and I've said the same thing to, like, family members as well when we've you know, gotten involved into our grand filibusters. It's just like, you have to understand, I'm using this guy as a means to an end. Right, <laughs> right, right, but it, but I get that, right, right, right. Yeah. 
I get that. And um, it, but at some point, you're like, wait a minute. There's there's a means to an end, and then this. I mean, you might disagree, but like at some point, the means to an end becomes even like, all right, I I got what I needed, but like Jesus Christ, like I can't I can't ride it forever. Like I mean, you know what I mean? Like you. Yes, like a, yeah. At some point, you're like Jesus Christ. Like there's an extent to it. I, I hear you. Yeah, like. I hear you too. I I do, and I, you know, I don't, I don't think people who went for Trump first the first time or who who understand and acknowledge some of his policy achievements or, I don't think they're they should be vilified. You know, I find it interesting just people can't even acknowledge the shortcomings and like, and some of the da- like damaging shit that like the qualities about him that are just really detestable. At some point, we gotta just. You got to get rid of that crap. And I'd say the same thing, and you know I would because you've seen me go at leftists. I'd say the same thing about leftists and the categorization of people as racist every time they disagree with you and all that crap. We got to we got to throw it out the window, man. It's just it's not doing anything good for any of us. There's yeah, there there definitely is that. I mean, as far as like this election this time around, I'm not gonna you know I mean. As far as this one is concerned, it's just like whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to feel any type of way right. either way that it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of all the chaos that's been happening over the past four years. Right. Um, I'm just ready to get back to some kind of semblance of normalcy. Yes. And I would also like, um, for, like, you know, because the thing about what Biden said and one thing that kind of like, you know, I approved of is like, you know what? I'm going to get into this office and. I'm going to be the president. I'm going to be the president for everybody. Right, right. Now, the thing is, you have, you have some hard left positions. And the thing is, I've never been excited about Biden, and I don't know how someone possibly could be. I understand, like, the name recognition that you get mm-hmm. when you couple them with Obama. But other than that, if you put anybody from, like, the DNC, if they, like, the, the, like I'll, I'll put it to you like this. At least the way that I perceive things, mm-hmm. this election wasn't necessarily Biden versus Trump, in my opinion. I agree with it you. Was America, it was America deciding whether they wanted Trump or not. I 100% and agree with you. Yeah, so like the thing is, like it, Biden to me is a non-factor in that decision. Right. It's basically whether you want this guy to be president or not, period. Right. I mean, there's, there's nothing that's essentially about the other guy. Because the thing is, you know, I, I just don't see it. And you're talking to a guy who voted for Obama twice. Right. You know? Right. Right. So I have my own, I have my own positions on things. It is what it is. Um, but that's the way that I look at it. And so my whole thing is like, okay, you, like in order for the left to get to where they were, they had to have some hardline positions. And Joe might be more middle of the road, and that'll be interesting to see. Right. Um, but one one question that I did want to pose to you, and this might not get answered tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not get answered at all, but it's one thing that I did want to kind of like put in your thinking cap. Um, considering I am, a, I am a big Second Amendment guy. And, you know, if in the, like right now with the makeup of the Senate as is, it's very doubtful that he would be able to get some kind of Beto O'Rourke kind of gun control plan right. passed. Right. It's highly doubtful. Right. Um, but, like, let's say, theoretically, he did do something like that. Um, Joe Biden has in his platform, basically, um, 
banning sales of all semi-automatic rifles, all transfers, like you're not going to transfer this to your kids, you know what I mean, or anything else like that. Right. It has to be, you know, voluntarily bought back or whatever. Right. Now, if in, in order for you to not have it voluntarily bought back, then it has to be registered under the National Firearms Act. Now, I'm not the biggest expert on the NFA, even as big as a gun guy as I am, but there's plenty of states in the union that are non-NFA states, meaning that, you know, in New Jersey, you cannot go and, you know, apply for a tax stamp to get a short-barreled rifle. You can't apply for a tax stamp to get a suppressor. None of that stuff is allowed here. It's allowed in plenty of other states, right. but when you have a hard-line stance where it says, Register with the and register your your firearm with the National Firearms Act with a tax stamp or voluntarily um, sell it back to the government. It, you're pushed into a position where you're mandatorily selling it back to the government because you live in a non-NFA jurisdiction. Right. So, you know, I just you know something needs to be done, and I think that you know we both have come to the conclusion that it's access on a federal level. Yes, we've, yeah, we've yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's improving background checks and it's just making sure, because the thing is, like, we've, we, and we've had the same conversation on this podcast where people in New Jersey are buying AK-47s and AR-15s like hotcakes, but there's a reason why we don't have 100%. Uh, mass shooting things. Yes. And, you know... And I joke about this with my friends, and it's like, you know, even if you did have a psychopath in New Jersey, after he has to go through everything that he has to go through in order to get an FID, he's like, you know what, screw do something crazy. I went through a lot of work to get this thing. I'm going to keep it. Just <laughs> right, it's right. No, you make a good point. I think, like, just, just kind of piggybacking, like, not an aside, but just an analogy. It's interesting. I mean, some some states' gun laws are akin to Mississippi's abortion laws. Like, let's just be real. They they are just restrictive so much that they're prohibitive. And it's really it's interesting. If you're objective, you know you have to you have to acknowledge it. You know, like you can't be so against these Mississippi abortion laws yet be so pro some of these state laws regarding guns they do it to try to restrict it because the federal level is lacking but it's not even helping because we need the federal level so i don't know what the, the question is coming keep asking of me but but I, I agree with you i mean the way things are and the loopholes they use to restrict access yeah my whole thing is just like I, like I, I don't care what he does in terms of like you know if you're if you're restricting access from crazy people or people that should have been red flagged, like that one idiot down in Parkland, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, just like people like that. Everyone with a sane mind can agree that no one like that should have access to firearms. Right. I am against the categorical bans, and that's one thing that I'm Me always too. going to be steadfastly right. against. Right. And it's like, come on, dude, like, like, we have a red Senate right now, so that would stop that from happening. Yes. Um, even if he was trying to push that. But I would like to see Biden come with a different kind of comprehensive approach that didn't include categorical bans because, you know, even if you, like, you know, you, when you're looking at the Heller versus D.C., right, even then it says, like, categorical bans, you know, I mean, for, com for, you know, arms that are in common use for lawful purposes should be unconstitutional. Longstanding prohibitions are presumptively valid, you know, but, you know, you you basically you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so I do. Like, I understand. You know, I think like I'll put it to you like this: back back in 2016, you were like, you know what? 
you won the election, screw it. I'm willing to give you a chance. Yes. Right? Yes. Let's see what you do. Yes. I'm taking the same exact position where it's like, you know what? You know, I'm not looking that optimistically at Trump's outcome here. And it's just like, you know what? If you're going to be a president for all the people, let's see what you do. And let's yes. make sure that you take the common sense approach to regulation. Yes. And not this super hard left Beto O'Rourke nonsense. Yes. That's just not going to fly with me. And it's probably not going to fly with the Supreme Court. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. And I, I think... I think your overall point, and I, I would agree with you, is, is you know, you want to see somebody, regardless of what side they're on, just govern with common sense. And when they say they're going to be a president for everybody, really come through and be a president for everybody, you know, in the true sense of the word. I think part of the problem today is it gets, you know, kind of at what we were saying before is there's there's this false narrative in this country right now that if one side wins then their goal is to just enforce their ideology on everybody else instead of winning and then governing everybody informed by their ideology like of course there's people on the left that have certain things they want to accomplish like they want to expand health care but like you you can expand access to health care without taking private insurance away from everybody else right i mean you can you can advance gun rights without flooding everybody with guns like there's so many things you can do on either side that are you know motivated by your ideological bent while still governing for everybody and understanding that there's competing interests that you're presiding over and we got to get away from this thing that like i agree with you biden's always been pretty decent with guns from my knowledge why you know take this left i've seen him basically advocate for the banning of ar-15s and it's like, why? Like, you don't need to do that. Why don't you say, look, I'm for gun control measures, but here's what the moderate would do. Make a deal with the left saying, I'm not banning categorical guns, but I'm going to do federal access law. Like, people have to have a backbone, you know, to stand up to their party and say, if I get office, I'm governing everybody, not just you. And my job isn't just to push your agenda. Yeah, no, no, we're on the same page there. So yeah. I've, I've said my piece, and go ahead. <laughs> yeah, thanks, bro. Great. I, I'm glad you called. I'm glad you got the call in, too, because it was a good call, and I appreciate the call. We'll see what happens here, but I agree on that, and hopefully I'll hear from you soon in the future, and you'll get that beat very soon, bro. I'm working on it in batches, so looking forward to that, too. Let's make it happen. We will, brother. Peace and chicken grease. Hell yeah. All right, later, brother. Later. Another good call. Another good call. I'm glad he called. I'm glad I got the glitch fixed so that he could call. And he makes a good point, right? Like, at the end of the day, if we want to have better elections going forward and we want to, you know, heal as a nation and we want to come to terms with what we agree on and what we don't agree on and if we want some peace and sanctity in our own heads and minds and lives, we've got to, you know get back to the center in my opinion my and you know that's logic and larry's very centrist and 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 i'm not denying merits on the right or merits on the left but we gotta get more centered literally and figuratively if we want to heal and we want to do what's right for the country so all that being said i had a great night with all of you even though i'm tired it was still well worth it i'm glad everybody tuned in continue to tune in continue to download Please continue to subscribe. Please continue to share the podcast with your friends and family. Let's increase the listeners. Let's keep this going. 
It's an absolute blast. It's very productive. I think we all walk away every Friday just feeling generally better about things and feeling feeling like logic can prevail, and that's all that's important. So with that being said, I wish you all a very happy weekend. God bless America, too, with what we're going through, and I will speak to everyone next week. Good night.